Paul's letter to the Hebrews 9 1-7. Brethren, the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly sanctuary. For a tent was prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain stood a tent called the Holy of Holies, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, which contained a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go continually into the outer tent, performing their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people. Dash. In this passage from the letter to the Hebrews, Paul carefully articulates the nature of the Old Covenant. Each epistle in the New Testament was written to a specific audience and this letter is no different as it was given to the Jewish people of God who had embraced Jesus as the Messiah. Because Paul is speaking to the Jews, he uses the terms and phrases that would be most meaningful to them. Our trouble then when reading this book is the seemingly foreign nature of Paul's writing. Paul uses the liturgical nature of the Old Covenant to show Jesus' redemptive work. God gave the Israelites the sacrificial, liturgical, priestly system to prepare them for the incarnation and resurrection of the Messiah. Jesus' work would take place, accomplishing for all of mankind, once and for all, within the framework and in fulfillment of, the sacrificial system. Paul begins by identifying the physical and regulative nature of the first covenant. It is important to acknowledge this distinction in comparison to the second covenant. The first covenant was very physical, using the bloody sacrifices, the physical tents and the priesthood to communicate the importance of holiness. The repeated spilling and applying of blood as a covering for the sins of the people of Israel should have been a deterrent for sin. In short, sinning would have cost the Israelites as they needed to offer a spotless animal sacrifice to cover their sins and avoid the consequences of these sins. Paul puts a great emphasis upon the physical nature of everything about the first covenant. It involved activity within a physical place by certain people on certain dates and times. The work of animal sacrifice as a covering for sin needed to take place within the tent, temple by a specific tribe. They had specific duties to carry out within the tent, temple and outside as well with specific animals. In addition to the specific physical details, Paul describes the Ark of the Covenant with its covering of angels. Two angels with outstretched wings leaned over the top of the Ark as a sign of angelic involvement in the relation between God and man. All throughout the Old Covenant, God would speak through angels to communicate His wishes to men. Later in this covenant, He added a second layer of involvement in the person of the prophets. The last prophet of the Old Covenant is considered to be John the Baptist. This shift towards men speaking the Word of God to other men was preparing mankind for the arrival of a human Messiah. Jesus Christ is the God-man who would eternally bridge the distance between God and man and forever redeem man in order to restore that relationship. It is the incarnation that brought about the possibility of man and God being brought back into a right relationship. In all of this we can see the work that God had been doing to bring man back to Himself. What started as an act of rebellion on the part of man, God used to slowly bring man out of the power of death. Man needed millennia of images and symbols to prepare him for the arrival of the Messiah. Because man's act of rebellion was a physical one, eating from the one tree that was forbidden him, God used the physical things of the world to bring him around to repentance. From the time of Adam's sin to the calling of Abram out of Yor, God was having men populate and fill the earth. It was with the calling of Abram that God began bringing man back to himself. With Adam's sin, Adam was driven out of the Garden of Eden. When Cain sinned, he was driven further away, as he left the land of Eden and moved into the land of Nod. Finally, with the great flood during Noah's time, mankind, 
with the exception of the family of Noah, was driven off of the earth. Man then began to repopulate the earth and finally, when God called Abram, he began restoring the threefold nature of the relationship he had with man. The world at large, the land of Israel and the temple system are a parallel of the land of Nod, the land of Eden and the Garden of Eden. In calling Abram to a special land, God was restoring the land of Eden. In giving Moses the sacrificial system within the tent and eventually the temple with Solomon, God was restoring the Garden of Eden. But all of this was simply a symbolic representation of what the relationship between God and man was supposed to be. Man needed to see that sin had created a rift between God and man and that only sacrificial death could resolve that conflict. It was with the Incarnation, the death, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ that men would be restored to God, would be freed from the power of death and would be in a position to grow in holiness, moving themselves back to God. All of this would be communicated to men with the land of Israel, the sacrificial system and the priesthood. Jesus Christ fulfilled all of these and accomplished in full that to which these pointed. With Jesus' fulfillment of the Old Covenant, those old ways ceased to be reality for man. Jesus became the High Priest, the sacrificial Lamb and the Restorer of mankind. It is only when man dies to the old ways of the Old Covenant, no longer being a descendant of Adam, but being baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus' death brought about an end to the rules and regulations of the Old Covenant, so too when men are baptized into Christ that they bring an end to their connection to the first Adam. Dying to their sonship with Adam, Mankind is raised to new life as sons of the second Adam, no longer under the sin and death of the old covenant. It is as sons of the second Adam, Jesus Christ, that man are restored to life and return to a loving relationship with their Creator.